excited to record a podcast today with Laura Melling from Vancouver because it feels like a goal come true. Laura and I connected and Laura said, you know, there's something about a podcast. And I was like, Laura, you and I, let's riff on Uncorked. And here we are. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Steph. It's such a pleasure to be part of this conversation today. Thank you. Oh, I am so excited. I feel like our worlds have circulated around one another and you are in a profession, a vocation. You've dedicated your life to something that I am absolutely in awe of because the world of interior design is beyond my realm of comprehension. I used to dream about having a picnic table as my dining room table and I just wanted everything to feel like I was camping. And then I had the privilege of perusing you online and I was like, this is what beauty can look like. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We are going to talk about all the things. I want to talk about starting a studio and your work. And I also want to talk about some of the fun you have been up to during COVID when things went awry, shall Mm -hmm. we? Yeah, let's dig in. Let's start with, with starting your own do I call it a studio space? What do you, how do you refer to your business? Yeah, it's funny, right? How we name things. Uh, Yes, it's a creative studio. It's also a business because I'm really (laughs) keen into just, you know, owning that kind of business part right now as well. It's, yeah, we, we are a collective of four interior designers and together we, we try and make space feel beautiful for clients and feel meaningful for clients. We work with a lot of different types of clients in both the residential and the commercial sphere, but the unifying thread is, is making space feel good for mm. people because it's yeah, it's about how it looks, but we try and take one take it one step back and think about how does it feel to mm. be just in space and and how that can impact your well being and your mindfulness and, and all of that, right? Yeah. Oh, gorgeous! How did you get to a place? that you decided that space was more about beauty and first about feel? That's a great question. You know, I, I think I, I grew up in Victoria in, in British Columbia. And I think I always had a spatial awareness and understanding that space, there was kind of that connectivity with feeling Mm -hmm. as opposed to just a visual element. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it took me a while that path, you know, to, to try and, take make shape of that and you know I I graduated from a high school that was very you know everybody was going off to be like an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor and I just I was smart but I didn't fit that mold and I was very creative but I didn't know how to kind of apply that and Mm. so following high school I I eventually landed in Toronto at Ontario College of Art and Design and that's where I really started to be exposed to the application of you know, these ideas of creativity, of space and feeling and visual elements and paired with business and how you can, you know, basically make a living out of those things. And we, you know, my, my now husband, then, then uh, boyfriend, we've been together Mm -hmm. since high school. Wow. (laughs) You know, we, we stayed in Toronto for about seven years for school and for work. And then in 2010, we decided to move back to Vancouver 
right after the Olympics. And that's when I started my own studio. So it was a really, you know, like moving cities, like clean, fresh start. Like it felt like the right time. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I want to know about you when you think of both your studio space or you think of, you know, home and I'm sure each room feels different, but what are some, some be it common threads or themes, feelings that feel really true to you right now in your life? Absolutely. It's, it's interesting because I think, you know, the more I do this, the more I realize that I have a kind of a, a studio palette and a studio material library that's kind of, it's so intrinsic to the way that we approach our work. So right now, you know, plywood Plywood is like very, very intrinsic to what we do. We try and we, I love that material. I love that it's kind of perceived as not so special, but then you can create just beautiful, you know, millwork or shelving or furniture out of something like plywood. And another material that we really love to use is like a very soft gray felt, you know, felt is a natural material and it, and it's very resilient and you, you can dream up just lots of different ways to use it. And I, th- I think it just becomes, yeah, so it's so interesting to kind of dig into that, co- that core like visual language or material language that as a mm. studio we have. And in terms of palette, you know, I think our, our work is certainly, it's minimal, but it's warm. You know, I never want our spaces to feel um, exclusive. I, I always want them to feel inviting and inclusive and, and very warm and, and, and like a home, right? No matter if they're a commercial or a residential space. And so it's minimal, it's warm, it's inviting. And our color palette reflects that in, in the sense that, you know, you, you can expect we're going to use a lot of white, a lot of gray, a lot of kind of soft, very neutral wood tones like oak or ash, but then we're going to infuse that with really subtle, beautiful color that is maybe, you know, a soft blue or a terracotta or, you know, like it's not just monochromatic, I guess, mm. is the, is the short way to answer that. But it's, it's really fun. And it's really fun to just have those core materials and just constantly dream up new ways to apply them to space. Right. Gosh, <laughs> as someone who so doesn't identify as a creative, I, mean, <laughs> I feel creative in my own right, but it's just not usually an outward expression of something beautiful. Um, you know, I have a neighbor where I'm, I'm living in a cabin in the woods right now and my neighbor paints rocks and they're phenomenal. <laughs> and she will find this rock and be like, this is a cat or this is a running shoe. And I'm just astounded by it. And I get exactly that same vibe from you that, you know, you see a piece of plywood and you're like, you're going to be so beautiful. You just don't <laughs> even know it yet. And yeah, totally. it's such a gift. And it's so cool to just be able to connect and hear from you about the things and the way in which you see the world. And I think that's the whole part of the joy for me rather of this podcast is to have conversations and understand how people see the world. Mm-hmm. And when you see the world the way you do, then you're able to create a company. And in you know, our conversation prior to this, you were sharing with me a project that you got up to that I was incredibly touch moved and inspired by. Can you tell me more about what you got up to? <laughs> Um, the change makers market. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, you know, I've been doing a lot of work and, and this is probably like, I've just, the, the light has really been shone during the pandemic because there's, there's a lot more time to just go inward and think, but one of, you know, I think, I really think that my true purpose, like the reason I'm on this planet 
is to be a community creator. And mm. it's, it's not just about space. It's about just what does community mean in the whole sense of the, of the word. And so, so I'm always looking for ways to create community in, in the world. So whether that's an experience, an event, or, or a, you know, a project that we designed. So early in the pandemic, I was having a conversation with my friend Tatiana, who's the director, the senior director of communications for the BC Women's Health Foundation. And, you know, we were talking about a few things, but top of the list was, you know, how can we be really intentional and support businesses, local businesses in a time of uncertainty? Mm. And also, you know, why is there so much negative messaging happening right now? You know, I would receive, I receive the Globe and Mail every Saturday and I read it kind of over the course of the next three days. And I know that, you know, I don't doubt that there was, there's a lot of negativity and fear and worry going on, but I don't think that that has to be in isolation. I think that that, those things can coexist with more positive, optimistic things. And so we were really disillusioned by this idea that like, why is there no opportunity, like, you know, positive messaging in our national media? Like we need, there needs to be space for hope. So out of that, we co-created this market called the Changemakers Market. And the, you know, the true purpose of that was to provide space for the foundation to raise funds, to contribute to health causes that impact women, because due to the pandemic, they couldn't do fundraisers. So they had no way of raising money. Right. And right. they had never taken their, their, they had never gone to an online platform. And so we designed this this idea whereby we reached out to many many women-led businesses in bc and then we we eventually we included 140 women-led businesses to wow. contribute a, a combination of, of products and services to the online auction and then it was you know basically all kind of mapped out and, and logistically <laughs> planned by the by tatiana's team and we raised $45,000 in two weeks for this cause of women's health and women's, you know, mental health and well-being during a pandemic. Like, that's just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she, she, we haven't seen one another since it happened, but we've, we've texted a lot and she said, you know, our board is just like, they're, they're floored. They're just like, what just happened? Like, yeah. this is a whole new community for us. This is like, you know, a whole lot of money in a very short amount of time when the world is kind of on fire. Mm. <laughs> and it, it's so, it's so encouraging to see this kind of spirit of generosity of businesses who I knew, you know, maybe they couldn't have studio classes anymore because of the pandemic, but mm. they said, you know, thank you for including me in such an amazing cause. And they contributed, you know, a, a 10 class pass or, or whatever it may be. It was pretty inspiring to, to be a oh. part of. And I, so yeah, it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> it totally, it totally gave me goosebumps. And I was so inspired. Now I want to ask, you spoke about female led businesses mm -hmm. and what was the difference or, or was there a difference or the impact? And, you know, there's, there's a gender conversation that I've always been very passionate about. And mm. yet it feels like in light of everything that's gone on, it feels like, yes, gender matters, but there's so much more that matters as well. And I hope that this might help us just recognize that, you know, there is power of having men and women at the table, at the proverbial table constantly. And yet I love that you went after female-led businesses specifically. 
Yeah, you know, I think I think that was definitely, you know, it was linked to the mission of the BC Women's Health Foundation, but it was also, you know, a, a response in some ways to this very th- this intense situation that we've been in. You know, women, I, I don't know all the stats, but you know, women they usually take on more domestic roles with mm. regards to childcare or domestic, you know, cooking, cleaning, whatever it may be. And in a time of a pandemic when, you know, yes, some people's businesses slowed down and they were able to pause and really focus on, you know, family because kids couldn't go to school or because, you know, we were basically confined to four walls. There were, there are a lot of women who, you know, weren't in that category and had to figure it out and figure out how the fuck am I going to do this (laughs) and keep my business thriving, keep my team happy, keep my partner happy, and make sure my child or children is also thriving, like going to school, right? Yeah. <laughs> like become a teacher, become like, it was, it was wild. And like, we didn't have a choice. We were just, we were, we were put into this, this situation happened, but we did have a choice on how we responded and how we showed up in that moment for the people in our life. And yeah. I think that, you know, that was also linked to the reason why they, they really wanted to focus on women is because a lot of times that kind of goes un, I don't know, unnoticed or it's just a given or I'm not quite sure what it is, but yeah, it was very, really interesting. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So cool. And now have you done, I mean, you speak of community and I'm like, have you done something like this before or is just creating sort of these pop-up community experiences, be them online or offline, is this normal for you? <laughs> it's, it's, to, it's totally part of my DNA. It's funny. Okay. I, I, the, over the past few years, I've been really reflecting on kind of, you know, values and vision and all this kind of work. And it, this, okay, so this is, this is the true link. In high school, my, I was a prefect and my prefect title was community liaison. So it's, it's like, it goes way back. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more I immerse in, in kind of the what of what I do and the how I start to kind of be able to make these connections of how, how those pop-up experiences can happen and yeah. who they happen with. And I mean, just a few examples in the more recent years, we, so now I have my own office studio space, which is actually underneath our house. But prior to that, I worked at a co-working studio called The Aviary. And at The Aviary, it was kind of the unofficial community liaison also. And we did this great summer series over the course of, I think, three summers where we did a picnic series. And we invited, we basically did kind of a, a simple installation in the park. In, that was close to the studio. We collaborated with Field and Social for healthy salads for lunch. And then sometimes we did other, you know, local collaborators for, you know, giveaways or other, you know, drinks or things like that. But it was, it was on a Friday, it was at lunchtime, and it was just, again, creating space for like connection and conversation in an inspired setting. And yeah, it was super, super fun. And then, yeah, stuff like the change makers. And then right now I'm working on something for the uh, upcoming interior design show in 20, in the fall as an offsite community pop-up, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It makes me think of a question that we asked actually at a long table dinner um, that we had, I guess it was about a year ago now because it was when we could gather and have dinner. 
but the question was, what does Vancouver need now? And a lot of people, I mean, a few people said Uber, and then a lot of people said community. And yet we would dive in, and the only sort of common denominator was like, we need a place we can break bread together and not just eat out at restaurants. And granted, Vancouver has great restaurants, you know, but I've also heard, I'm from Ontario myself and mm. moving out, it's like, how do adults meet friends? And I don't think this is subject to only Vancouver, but if I were to ask you that question, Laura, what do you think Vancouver needs now? Mm. That's a really, really great question. You know, one of the first things that comes to mind, it's community, certainly, like absolutely. Mm. However, I actually think the community is there already for, you know, whatever that may be, whether it's like your biking community, your artist community, your, Mm -hmm. you know, writing community. I think they exist, but I think there needs to be visibility because Mm -hmm. the more, the deeper I go down this path of community and kind of community activism, maybe we want to frame it. It's like, it's there. It just has to be like, awareness needs to be raised Mm -hmm. or visibility. So, and, and, and also kind of standing up and and saying like, this is us, this is Vancouver. We, we actually, we have all this magic happening, but Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's share it. Let's talk about it. Right. Cause I, you know, one of the projects that I'm working on right now for the interior design show, you know, we, we've historically gone to really inspiring international design events and they've been all about you know activating unexpected spaces throughout a city such as Milan or New York with kind of you know design or or design in mind right and Vancouver absolutely has the talent it absolutely has the space and the vision and the, the operational you know toolkit to put that together but somebody needs to like take ownership and like start to to actually do it and say like here we are. This is us. We're doing it. Mm. Like, do you want to be a part of this? Mm. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I'm curious where you look as you say Milan or New York, be it a geography, a place, uh, a person. Who do you look to right now? Or maybe top three, top mm-hmm. three people or places you look to for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Or who's doing something that you're, yeah, who's, who's already <laughs> doing something interesting? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Instagram certainly right now, especially in the pandemic, is just wonderful because you just at any time can just go down the rabbit hole and find literally anything you need for inspiration. And that's just, it's so, it's so tangible and easy to connect with. You know, there, there's so many accounts that I follow, but one example would be Sight Unseen. So they're kind of this very like creative innovation hub based in the, in the States that, you know, they just highlight like really interesting conceptual and experiential work that's going on around the world. So I would say that's for sure one. A place I love what's happening in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. You know, I think in Vancouver, a lot of people kind of, or in North America, a lot of people ascribe to this like Scandinavian aesthetic, but we as a studio have kind of moved past that. And it's just like, you can pretty much guarantee that everything coming out of that part of the world, Australia and New Zealand, I just am such a fan of in terms of, you know, the types of projects, like how they're pushing the envelope, the materials, like all of that. And then what's number three? We, this one, how to explain this? So there's kind of this aspirational quality to everything that I do. And it's, there's always some kind of muse or 
a point of inspiration for every project that we work on. And so I love the process of finding what that muse is. And it can be a person, a place, a thing, a piece of artwork, like anything. And then just really like expanding on that and really understanding it as a point of reference for projects. So mm -hmm. the third one is, yeah, maybe a little bit more abstract, but it's, it's that process to really kind of um, understand. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. All right. Well, just like that, our time has come. And our last question on the Uncorked podcast is always the same. And that is, what is currently making your heartbeat faster, Laura? <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't really touch on this, but over the course of the pandemic, I uh, had my team, which was three other women, they've all moved on for various reasons. And on Monday, uh, my new team of three is starting. Wow. wow. And so right now it's that it's that true ability as an entrepreneur to reimagine what we do, however often we want to do it. But it's that reimagination of we can always tap into that we, we can decide, we have choice and we can make it how we want it to be. And in the process of, you know, losing some really, really talented people, which I was sad to see them go, but I also, you know, knew that it was their time to move on. Mm. We, we recruited some incredible talent and this team doesn't all live in Vancouver. Uh, one of them does. One of them lives in Toronto and one lives on Sunshine Coast, but amazing together we're going to make magic. So that's what's so cool. really, really exciting. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time. It's very wonderful to have perspective from an entrepreneur that's in Vancouver that sees the world through really beautiful, beautiful glasses. And I am so grateful that you're choosing to create beautiful spaces. And, and that is both within, you know, commercial and personal homes, but also for community, as you've said. So thank you for your work. I am grateful to have you on our show and we'll ensure that we have all of the links for people to find you on the internet below.